Hello, Trash Crusaders! Welcome to episode 11 of Save Trash Cinema, the podcast where exploitation and exploration come together. It is I, your humble host, your guide through trash cinema, and your favorite dumpster boy, Cayman Darty. And on today's episode, we're dusting off our arcade joysticks, working hardest to sound as American as we can be, and putting to test the age-old adage that video game movies are always terrible with the 90s schlockfest, Street Fighter. But before we get into that, I need to take care of this crying baby boy with his poop-filled diaper and his horrible fucking takes, my newly sworn enemy, Patrick Schweiger. The funny thing is, Cayman, that this is probably going to be the most complimentary I've ever been on this podcast. This movie fucking rules, but I don't want to jump into it. <laughs> this kills me deep inside. <laughs> that you other laugh you heard, that other laugh you heard, uh, that's our very special guest on today's show. He's the head of the IndieSaurus Podcast Network, the last remaining radio DJ alive, and the guy who tried to steal my spot on Spotlight Games Podcast, my not-so-newly-sworn enemy, Evan Brando. Evan, how are you tonight? Trying to. It's still a work in progress. You know, I feel like I'm like a, a Scooby-Doo villain actively. You know, each new episode, I'm just foiled. I'm like Team Rocket in that way. Well, you know, if Patrick keeps fucking this podcast up, then you're more than welcome to take it. Hmm. And we'll just we'll just switch spots. I'll be the head of IndieSource Podcast Network. But before we jump into the actual episode and me getting very angry, let's do a little quick housekeeping. We'd love it if you rate and review the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Don't forget you can be on the show by submitting movie recommendations or by being a gustos by emailing us at savetrashcinema at gmail.com or you can DM us on Twitter at savetrashcinema or on Instagram at savetrashcinema as well. By the way, we also have a Discord server now, so stay tuned on what we're doing there. Uh, make sure to check out last week's crossover episode with Spotlight Games. We broke the boundaries of trash and video games when we reviewed the Tom Holland-led snooze fest, Uncharted. We'll be continuing to release minisodes as well as crossover episodes in between our normal episodes, so make sure to stay tuned for those because we have exciting and varied content being released each and every week. But before we jump into the overview of Street Fire like we normally would, I want to do a quick shout out to one of our fellow Trash Crusaders, Sleepless the Poet. Sleepless just dropped a brand new album on Spotify, so if you're a fan of some dope music, spoken word poetry, and just supporting fellow Trash Crusaders, then go give it a listen. We'll be hyperlinking his webpage in the description. So go give it a listen. I can promise you, you will not be disappointed. Now, for what everyone's been waiting for, the overview of Street Fighter. Street Fighter is a 1994 action film based on the decade-spanning Street Fighter video game series by Capcom. Uh, the film was written and directed by Steven E. D'Souza. D'Souza is best known for directing Street Fighter, but his writing credentials sure as hell make it seem like this was a one-off bad decision. With writing credits on films such as Die Hard, The Running Man, Jumping Jack Flask, and... The Flintstones movie. The Flintstones movie, you say? He wrote the fucking Flintstones movie. Wow. Yeah. Think about that. Think is that, that. Uh, so I've never seen it. Is that generally considered a good movie? I, I feel like I would like it regardless because I've, I've seen like stills of it and I love a movie that just goes ham on aesthetics like that. No, but is I'm it, nostalgic it for it. I'm nostalgic yeah. for it because I you know just remember watching it. I had the VHS as a kid. 
Uh, I don't think that it is a, a great movie. I yeah. think it probably was critically panned, but as that, a child, yeah, that, I loved that it. So, you know, similar to this movie. Now, speaking of this movie, well. the film <laughs> the, <laughs> the film goes as such. Colonel William Guile leads an army of soldiers into the country's Shadowloo to find traces to lead him to General M. Bison, who has captured many people, including three missing soldiers. Among them is Carlos Charlie Blanca, in which Bison decides to turn into a hideous mutant. On the other hand, Chun Li is a reporter who seeks revenge against Bison for the death of her father years ago. And then two small-time hustlers, Ryu and Ken, are arrested along with Saget, a powerful arms dealer, and Vega for dealing illegal weapons. Guile recruits them in order to find Bison's base. Now Guile, T-Hawk, Kami, Ryu, Ken, Chun-Li, Balrog, and E-Honda have three days before Bison murders the hostages and takes over the world. Like, what's wrong there? You know what I mean? Like, so many fucking names. The plot is just, I, I've, I can't keep going. I just, it's, uh, it brings well, me so much joy. Yeah. And this is where, and the special reason we have Evan on the show is Evan is a fighting game guru, a breadth of knowledge, one might say. I have and a fight so to as, prove it. Fuck you do. And just in case anyone was doubting. So I want to ask Evan, and as someone, like I said, who knows so much about the lore of Street Fighter, how accurate is the story to the actual game itself? Um, I would go so far to say not at all in some ways. And Perfect. in other ways, they nailed it. Because here's the thing about like Street Fighter story is like each character, and this is true for most fighting games, is that the story is really just a thin narrative to piece together fights. Because when you're playing through... A, like a, a fighting game story it's all it's like always eight fights you know and it's like well what story can we possibly have eight fights in and make it unique for each character so a lot of it is like very weird and pulpy and 80s inherently so in that way it is it's kind of right there it is what is that is that a genesis one yeah, this is a Genesis one. That's so I remember cool. I've been cleaning out my closet and I was like, oh, wait, I'm pretty sure my Genesis one is like right at my feet. What? Dude, that's so, so sick. Because we're an audio podcast and the, the format does not permit anyone to see what you're doing, Patrick. He has a Genesis fighting, a joystick fight pad. I guess I'm almost certain that. I have Street Fighter on. I, sh I don't know why I didn't. I do this. Street Fighter 2 on the Sega Genesis was my uh, actually, no, my second foray. My first foray into Street Fighter was. Uh, on the Game Boy. It was my first Game Boy game as well. Wow. Game Boy I never Boy. played it on Game Boy. With uh, Donkey Kong 2, Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest, and Street Ooh. Fighter 2. Hell yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so not really accurate. It's a very weird choice to make Guile the main character because in no Street Fighter adaptation is Guile our main character. I can understand from the perspective of like, this is an American movie and you want to make our, like the American audience... Like, by hiring a, a Belgian but, to play him. But okay, well, that's a crazy. Do you know the story behind that? This is something I think uh, is important to know about the history. Is this something we cover in the trivia, Cayman? I is it? I don't know. Feel, free, feel free. We'll we'll get to it if we need to. Let me check a look. Okay, does it involve blood sport? It does not. So okay. please. So okay. So this movie is like would not have happened basically without blood sport because what happens? Do you, are you guys familiar with blood sport? Oh yeah, of course. Blood sport is, is a trash cinema podcast. Okay. Yeah. So urban legend has it that uh, Mortal Kombat was originally going to be the Bloodsport video game, right? And uh, 
after that's why you can see a lot of the character similarities. It's why Johnny Cage looks exactly like John Claude Van Damme and why they made Johnny Cage douchebag is kind of a jab at John Claude Van Damme. Cause he didn't want to, he was like, I don't know if this is a good fit. Um, so they were like, okay, we won't make a blood sport game. We'll make our own thing. Like we're going to amp up the violence and make it way cartoonier. Um, and then they say, okay, we're going to make a mortal Kombat movie. John Claude Van Damme. Do you want to play Johnny Cage in the movie? And he says, no, Mortal Kombat goes on to be a huge damn success. So when they come to him with Street Fighter, he's like, yes, I regret turning down uh, Bloodsport or uh, Mortal Kombat. So I'll do Street Fighter. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Well, speaking of Jean-Claude Van Damme, guess what? This film stars him. Yes. And like so- Evan said, he's from Kickboxer in a movie called Bloodsport. Oh, a lot more than the that. The film also... Come on now. <laughs> The film also stars Raul Julia, which you might know from the Adams family, Kylie Minogue, who everyone knows is the famous British pop star, Byron Mann from Arrow and Altered Carbon, as well as Ming Na Wen, who you might remember from Marvel's Agents of Shield. Now, the film itself runs for an egregiously long hour and 42 minutes and sports the second lowest rating of any film we've covered so far in Save Trash Cinema with a Rotten Tomatoes score of, guess what? 12 (laughs) percent unfortunately street fighter isn't streaming on tubi this time or actually anywhere yeah i had to rent this i had to pay like five whole dot 4.99 well yep like i said you have to rent (laughs) this from amazon video or youtube but you can also snag a physical copy off of amazon for fairly cheap if that's something you're into. I do want to point out that there are additional Street Fighter films out there if this JCVD-led blockbuster doesn't interest you. My recommendation, personally, would be Street Fighter II, the animated movie. Be aware it is a very hard R-rated film, and you do see Chun-Li naked. (laughs) But I also will say, speaking of Chun-Li, please do skip the Chun-Li standalone film because it is absolute asshole. And with those overviews <laughs> overview out of the way, why don't we take some time to discuss some initial thoughts? Uh, let's start with you as always, Patrick. Uh, what do you think about Street Fighter? So Street Fighter is a movie. It's probably one of my like top five most watched movies of all time. And that's only because... Is it really? Well, it's, it's, it's mostly because of circumstance. Like oh, sure. Lord of the Rings is definitely up there. Like various Star Wars are up there. But like we had Street Fighter on Laserdisc. We had Street Fighter eventually on VHS. So it was one of those things where, like, I loved the game as a kid. Uh, I thought Jean-Claude Van Damme was, like, the fucking coolest as a kid. So so it was one of those things where, like, we it's not like we had a giant library of movies to watch. So I just I watched Street Fighter a bunch. So I come at all of this with a, a huge nostalgic bias. But even with that, I still really enjoy this movie. Like it it definitely has a lot and. But yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I think things like the costume design are really, really great. Like, so, so they could have done better on some of them. But like, as a whole, I think like Bison's costume, Chun-Li's costumes, like there are just little nuances throughout that. If you're a Street Fighter fan, I think this movie really, really works for. What I don't think this movie works for is if you don't like like action kung fu fighting movies, like Jean-Claude Van Damme type movies. Street Fighter, like, I don't know that this is necessarily a movie for you, but overall, I'm a big fan. All right. Well, Patrick, enough about you. Evan, why don't you tell me what you think about Street Fighter? 
Uh, I think I, I feel I don't have as much nostalgia for for it as Patrick does, but I think I feel pretty similarly in that it is like I do really appreciate like the campy schlockiness of it. And like, I think that sort of thing absolutely does justice to uh, like Street Fighter. And as a Street Fighter fan, I, I can't watch this movie too critically because um, like man, if I put a microscope up to it, yeah, it sucks. But like, why would I do that? Like, why would I do that? You know, yeah. why would I do it when Raul Julia is over here giving me gold? dressed sure. exactly like m bison you know yeah yeah um, almost like <laughs> um but <sighs> i think this movie's pretty f- i think i think i overall like it if i don't think about it too much you know what i mean sure. um, no, i think absolutely. It's, it's big problems are that like it it redoes some of the characters like like ryu's not like a fun guy you know He's actually always, it's always been kind of weird to me that he's the face of the franchise because he's like very serious and stern. And yeah. I don't think he has that uh, in this movie. And like, you know, Sagat is like very small or at least some, the way they film him is makes him look very small. Um, yeah. And it's like just a hair too military. I think what yes. it is, is it's, 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 fair. it's got, it's not enough of a Street Fighter movie and it's not enough of like a Jean-Claude Van Damme Kung Fu movie, right? It's, tr- it's trying to be both and it really... It, just it does suffer for that, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Things yeah. like like Raul Julia, honestly, I think giving a great performance end up being like Raul of... Julia is awesome. The guy who plays Zangief is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like oh, there, yeah. The there are these Zangief little like these performances that I think are genuinely so entertaining that are just kind of stuck in this movie. Yeah, and sure. there's like lots of like little prop things too that I love. Like I like M. Bison's like evil controller is a, like the, a Street Fighter controller, you know? Like yeah. that's fun. Yeah. That's stupid. It's fun. And the costumes look great. So I, I think overall I'm pretty positive on this movie, uh, but I would probably rank it. Like I would probably give it a, a poor score on, on, you know, uh, rotten tomatoes or whatever. Sure. I, I, well, everyone else did. So you're not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is a great but, movie night movie. Great movie night movie. But enough about our initial thoughts. Obviously I save my own for the end, but I want to dive right in because we have a jam packed, <laughs> the show to discuss. Let's go on to the show. Street Fighter, everyone. After seven months of fighting, the civil war in Shadaloo may have reached the turning point. The capital has just fallen. In December 1994, the forces of freedom will face a power mad dictator in a struggle for the fate of the world. Who wants to go home and who wants to go with me? The film opens with the GNT World News Program. The Civil War in Shadaloo has hit a turning point as the capital has fallen. The AN soldiers have turned the tide on the ragtag militia, but still face a long battle against General M. Bison, a bloodthirsty warlord. Their words not mine he currently has 63 hostages and wants 20 billion for their release a fair request i would say you yeah fair enough i mean 20 billion honestly at the time like 20 billion is actually pretty accurate for i think like what someone would do in that situation like you know because you look at the movies like austin powers where they're like one million dollars and you're like oh like this shit was like 10 years previous so you know there we go. I think it's very funny, by the way, that this is just treated as like, yeah, we're just having a video conference with this supervillain. No, oh, yeah, day, right. <laughs> well, yeah. 
Speaking of video conferences, this is when we're introduced to Chun-Li as she meets Commander Guile. Now, Commander Guile gets onto the uh, newscasting program and immediately tells Bison to fuck off. Literally I, via the news broadcast. Yeah, it, it's well, it's a very unrealistic. Uh, I mean, a lot about this movie is very unrealistic. I think he calls him a dickwad. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, some trivia. According to cast and crew, apparently, which this brings sadness to my heart as a big JCVD fan. Uh, apparently, Jean-Claude Van Damme was not easy to work with due to a combination, combination, excuse me, of professional ego and substance abuse. Oh, I've heard he's a huge asshole. But yeah, oh, I, I've also heard that, unfortunately. Uh, being the biggest star in the film, Van Damme got a presidential hotel suite with a gym put into his room, but he would often refuse to come out of the hotel or his trailer until he felt ready. When he did come out, he would often bring alcohol to the set or take hours to shoot his scenes. By contrast, everyone loved Kylie Minogue, praising her for her professionalism and generosity, such as hiring a club and buying drinks for the entire cast and crew to make the tough shoot a little easier. There was also equal praise for Raul Julia, who was accompanied by his family due to being terminally ill with stomach cancer. Despite his declining health and frail state, everyone thought Julia was always focused and was a joy to work with, which that tracks. That guy seemed like a genuinely awesome guy. Well, this also, I assume this isn't the trivia thing, but like Raul Julia, this was, he knew this was going to be his last movie. And yeah. his kids were massive Street Fighter fans. So really? he was like, I'm going to, this is going to be it. Yeah. Well, so, that's this awesome point, and really sad. The news program gets cut off and is replaced by Bison, played obviously by Raul Julia. He directs his aim towards miscast? God. I will oh, say. 100%, 100%. A little bit. He's great. He's great, but he's, he's a little miscast. Yeah. Bison directs his aim towards Guile, telling him he's a little bitch. <laughs> Guile calls him a dickhead. He also says that if his 20 billion isn't delivered in 72 hours, he will kill the hostages. Guile then tells Charlie he's coming for him. <laughs> okay, so at this point, we like we really get the first of like JCBD's acting, and he sounds just like Tommy Wiseau from the room. Like it I is mean, the most Tommy Wiseau accent I've ever heard. They are from similar parts of the world. Allegedly. Sure, 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 sure. But yeah, it's so weird to me. Like Jean-Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels, mm. cast as like one of the only American characters in Street Fighter. Yeah, very yeah, strange. It's it's such with a with like a cat with a, yeah, a tattoo of the flag that looks like it was you know like when we were kids. They probably still have them. I just haven't seen them in a long time. Oh yeah, the like temporary tattoos you put on with water. It genuinely looks like one of those mm-hmm. on his on his muscles. Bison then turns to one of the hostages and says, oh, you're Carlos Blanca. You must be Charlie, because obviously that makes sense. Then tells his goons to bring him to the laboratory. I, um, this moment when Jean-Claude Van Damme is speaking and he's like, I'm coming for you, Charlie. I'm coming for you. It's like, what, like, what, why? Why would you say that? Why would you say that? Like, you're basically saying like, hey. Some one of your hostages is of great value to me. Yeah, it's like that like, game piece is way more important. Yeah, it's so funny. Honestly, I think the the events of the, later in the movie are one hundred percent Guile's fault. This like, is this you is, can lay this is, all at his feet. That is a real character, by the way. That this feels like something that would be made up to make Guile more interesting. But Charlie is a real character. Really, um, I didn't know that Charlie was Blanca. Yeah, no, he's not. He's uh, not Blanca. He just. He Charlie is just a, a character. That's oh, yeah. That's not accurate. But oh weird. Uh, but a weird Charlie choice. is a, a Charlie is Guile's friend who was killed and uh, is in a couple of games as well. Huh. 
Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, worth noting here also that this film, uh, we've we've talked about it being his last film. We've talked about him having stomach cancer. Uh, but this film was officially dedicated to Raul Julia, who died soon after filming was complete with complications of a stroke. Mm. R.I.P. We then cut to an underground fighting ring. Two handsome young chaps meet with an eye-patched dickhead named Saget. He offers them drinks and women. They're gun peddlers. Before the two guys can get their money for guns, Saget informs them that they've already found the guns. And then it comes out that the guns are indeed Nerf guns. Too bad for Saget. What a weird joke. Mm -hmm. Just bad. I don't know what that was for. It was kind of cute, but like, why? Well, unfortunately for Saget, these two beefcakes know how to fight. Fortunately for Saget, they're easily captured. (laughs) Back at Bison's jungle military base, we see Charlie, who's being experimented on. He's trying to turn him into, quote-unquote, the perfect soldier. They're breaking his brain and will soon break his body, which is shorthand for turning it green, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Science. We, we see Ryu and Ken, the two handsome boys, back at the underground fighting ring. They're being forced to fight Saget's best fighter, the mass slippery boy named Vega. I, can I just be on record for both both of you and our listeners? Vega, fucking what a cool character. Oh, man, he's so handsome. Got the got the mask. I love a mask. He's either Spanish or Portuguese. Spanish. I forget. He's, he's a Spanish. Bullfighter. He's a bullfighter, of course. The long braid, just handsome, built, got those cool bullfighting pants. Vega mm. was always, and the claw, obviously. I think it's fucked up he gets a claw. I think the claw brings it all together. Why does he get a claw? No one else gets a weapon. That's well, true. That's not, that's not accurate, technically. They do give Ryu a sword in which he flings it by Vega's head, and it like plants in the wall, and then everyone starts screaming, no weapons, no weapons, no <laughs> weapons. Vega then... has the claw. Like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, in the games, because other characters don't have weapons in the games, do they? No, not really. Huh. Yeah, unless you count, like, weird. there's a character who's got, like, a big oil drum. But other than that, that's, that's pretty weird. cool. That's pretty like, cool. Most, mostly no. Oh, there's well, a character who will throw rocks and stuff. He's funny. It's, uh, speaking like of Vega, he removes his mask, showing off his perfectly sculpted cheekbones. Then Ryu has his shirt ripped off by some ladies. And if that's not some boner material, I don't know what is. (laughs) As Ken and Vega begin their fight, a tank blows into the building and Guile pops out saying, everyone's under arrest. And like he had to have murdered at least 25 people when he breaks through that wall with a tank. Okay, he's he's an American, an American military man. And I know I'm going to offend a bunch of people when I say this. Um, we commit a lot of war crimes, guys. That's true. No, and that's, this is just one of them. Categorically true. Categorically true. Once in a while, <laughs> we're known to commit a couple war crimes. I was like, I'm watching it, I'm like, wait, I've never considered this, that he had to have just run over dozens of people Yeah. in order to capture two guys. Mm-hmm. Well, those two guys are very important to his plots and his schemes. Well, I guess During more, but... a military meeting, Guile is attacked by an assassin. And it's shown that the assassin has a Shadaloo tattoo or, or something along those lines. Honestly, this is not explained in the slightest. It's very quick. It immediately cuts to a prison yard where the newly imprisoned Saget has the same tattoo. Which brings me to this point where, like, do you just, if you just live in Shadaloo and you're like just kind of sketchy, do you just get the tattoo? Like, is this like a 
How do you get this tattoo? I think it's just a part of the culture, man. It's just like, hey, you're 12 years old. Guess what? You live in the slums of Shadowloo. Here's a tattoo, my young chap. It happens. We see Gal again, and he says that they need to hide someone among Saget's gang because Saget knows where Bison is hiding. Guile picks out Ryu and Ken to do this mission after seeing them fight in a prison yard scuffle. You know what's something that annoys me about Ken? Hmm. And it's I, I shouldn't be annoyed by this, but the short brown hair. Yeah, not good. Where's the where's the blonde mullet, Evan? Yeah, where uh, is it, Evan? It, it is odd. I mean, Ken has got... I think is so. I'm a Ken Main in Street Fighter, and Ken has been through the ringer of just the mm-hmm. world's worst hairstyles. Really, and this is, I think, just another another chapter in it. I mean, look, the guy—it's a nice head of hair. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's inconsistent. Like, no, but for sure. Like, I I wanted the blonde mullet. Yeah, Ken Street. I Fighter think a blonde mullet's perfect. Ken Street Fighter Five model, and you, you dear listener, can look this up. Is like the most hideous character I think I've ever seen. It's it is horrible. I, I looked it up Whoa. and was like, I, I the, when I first saw it, I was like, I'm committed to this character. I love my boy, but man, oh man. We man, cut oh back. Man. We cut back to the laboratory. We see that Charlie is getting pretty swole, being hooked up to those crazy science machines. Yeesh. Back at the prison, Ryu and Ken create a diversion and steal a prison guard's keys. They team up with Saget and use the prison bus to escape. Guile chases after the bus, but during the conflict, Ken shoots him twice in the stomach, killing him. I remember very vividly as a child seeing this mm-hmm. in total disbelief. Like, how could they have already killed Guile? It's, yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, can you, could you imagine funny. a movie in which, like, I don't want to spoil anything because we're about to get to it, but, like, if they did kill him? Unbelievable. That'd be pretty cool. Better movie. That'd be pretty cool. That'd sure. be pretty cool. I mean, you wouldn't have his, the the guile speech to rally the troops, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Seeing this take place, Chun Li, who is outside of the prison, throws a tracking device on to the bus. This is one of like three different moments in the film where the the editing is so bad that you can so obviously tell that it's a stunt double for Chun Li. Oh yeah, and wearing this like massive wig that when she does a flip, the wig like shifts a little bit. Honestly, I, I thought it was Samurai Cop there for a second. <laughs> I think Honestly, what this movie yeah. has in the way of like choreography is that it is it does I think have decent fight choreography, but I think that the they just have no idea how to shoot it. You know, like they have no idea how to be like, oh, what is this? Does it look good? And I guess it'll be okay if they if I get kick them each through a separate window. You know, like that. It's just it's I don't know. I have so many weird. questions. I have so many questions about this tracking device, but we need to get there first. <laughs> yes. Back at the Bison headquarters, Bison talks about how he's going to create his Bisonopolis. What a great name, by yeah. the way. What the f- in the the it shows you like this. He has like a miniature recreation of his headquarters because <laughs> like what the fuck is going on? And it's just like the logo on his hat is what his Bisonopolis city is going to look like. This is insane. I love it. He also sees a news report that Guile has been killed. He then laments. Guile dies like a bunch of times in this movie, by the way. <laughs> oh my god! So do you, I we're gonna talk about this. Yeah, I yeah, have yeah. so much to say. He then laments about being called a warlord, then monologues about 
how he's only trying to create the perfect genetic soldier. And if that's not the most Hitler shit you've ever heard, then I don't know what else is. We next see Chun-Li doing some ninja shit as she tries to sneak into a morgue looking for her tracking device. This is where she finds Giles' body, and he 100% is not dead. Shocking. Okay, I need to pause because she throws the tracking device onto the prison bus. Then the tracking device ends up next to Giles' body in a morgue. Yeah. What the fuck happened there? What do you mean? Make complete sense. Yeah, I, I actually, I follow completely. <laughs> I'm... You know, it's it's funny for me to say that because, like, we're watching Dollman, the last main episode, and I'm just like, guys, shut the fuck up. Who cares about context? We don't need context. This is trash cinema. But, like, for some reason in this movie, this no, really I'm, I'm, fucked I'm with me. With yeah, it's, I, no, I'm with you 100%. It's very like, weird. So did, like, did, did they get, did Guile get the tracking device off the bus and then take it back to his body because he knew he was going to catch Chun-Li? Because he's... I mean, he like sets this trap. I, I'm just so goddamn confused. Is 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 she following the tracking device specifically in that scene? Yeah, that's what she she's is? got okay. her little yeah. tracking device thing. That's they right. Show she that she's like Balrog and, and a, e Honda, a plucky little detective. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what did she think? Like that the the bus just went straight back to like this big A N capital that they've got because it's surrounded by guards. Like she knows she's going into this like heavily security fortress for this yeah, military yeah, yeah. complex and is like oh yeah this totally checks out fuck it we're moving on <laughs> the two have a lot of sexual tension as they uncover each other's plots in a very long mm -hmm. exposition dump by each of them he tells her that she's under arrest and she complains that she has a personal vendetta <sighs> as cammy kylie minow Another character from the game, obviously, leads her away. Chun Li escapes, and then Guile pops a boner. It happens. And then I have to ask the question, boys: Do we think Guile's pubes are also a flat top? I I, I do. I do as well. Hundred percent hair matches the drapes. I um I I was a little disappointed. I never thought this as a kid, but I wish like I, may, so <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe it's not as easy to to recreate a flat top but like they just spiked jean-claude van damme's hair i don't know man that's like that's kind of what i was getting at when i was saying it's not enough of like a cartoon fighting movie you yeah. can search guile cosplay and find i guarantee someone who figured out how to do the weird like duke nukem flat top yeah you know the and well, make I mean, it look like his flat top in the game looks like if you were to just like just use photoshop and then give like a nice clean cut off the top of like a mushroom cloud yeah it looks like you took a paintbrush and just like jammed it into the the table yeah you know it like tapers upwards yeah. into this just beautiful it is insane very tall. yeah, yeah but i very think tall. that's what i think that and that alone is what breaks this movie for me mm. Mm. i mean I, I a lot of, yeah i mean like that's the the fence of like you're either that's gonna you've got guile with a crazy hair and you're either going to do the crazy hair or you're or you're not committing to this being a, a goofy street fighter movie. And like they had all of the tools yeah. because they had Guile cast as a fucking Belgian. You're not like you you're paying it, the rules were already dollars. being broken. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. just give him the the fucking cartoony flat top. Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking let's get there. Yeah. We cut to a party 
where Bison and Saget are hanging out. Some quote-unquote performers do some fun stunts and some shit, and we realize that it's actually Chun-Li, E-Honda, and Balrog, her entourage, and they're infiltrating the Shindig. So at this point, Evan and Patrick, I think you both saw it because I sure shit did. This is one of our first real big Easter eggs. Uh, they ch- put Chun Li into a barrel and do some stunts with it, but the mm. cap of the barrel just has it painted and just bright as day. Capcom, yeah. And like when we reviewed Uncharted, there's like a really one of the only mo- moments in that movie that I actually was like, "Holy shit, that's great!" Well, outside the Nolan North cameo, was that like Nathan Drake opens up this like luggage case and there's a Naughty Dog sticker, and I have the exact same sticker. Just like on his luggage case, I thought that was like a really cool homage, a little Easter egg for the fans. See, this me, Easter I, egg sucked. I I think I would. I haven't seen Uncharted, but I think I would ten times out of ten rather watch this than Uncharted. Because at least this is like, at least this has like Raul Julia in a proper costume. You know what I mean? If you if you listeners, if you haven't checked out the Uncharted episode yet, I can only say this: Patrick is a fucking liar. The movie's dog shit. I, I think it is that. capital F fine, and I think anything otherwise is hyperbole. I think it's capital F fuck you. My take is is just my guess, just ballparking it. Probably a fine adventure movie that like is not uncharted in the slightest. It's like Correct. you could have just wrote a Tom Holland adventure Correct. movie. So exactly yeah, right. you could call it something else and no one would know the difference. We then see Ryu and Ken who are attending the party sneak off, but they are then apprehended by Chun Li and her crew. So Chun-Li, as we've mentioned, played by Ming-Na Wen, apparently said that she cringed after seeing the finished film for the first time and told her ER co-star, George Clooney, that she feared her career would be over. Clooney apparently casually remarked, quote, oh, honey, it takes a lot to kill a career. I should know. What, uh, we, what had George Clooney been in at this point? He at was that in, point? Well, yeah. he was the main star of ER, but yeah. before that, right, he like, started. He re- he's referring to something. I think. no, he yes, he's referring to two trash cinema films that we will one hundred percent cover on this. He starred in Return of the Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and one of my personal favorites, Horror High School. Hmm. Yeah, how about that? But yeah, I mean, yeah. Ming Na went to, on to go to be a rock star. Mulan, oh no, yeah, Mandalorian, like yeah. her her career is. She's around fantastic. for sure. No, no, yeah. yeah, she's fantastic. My thing is with in this particular quote with George Clooney, obviously massive in ER, but like, I mean, he was what in Michael Clayton? No, not even not at this point. No, not at that. Well, no, I mean, I mean later on in his career, but like, what else did he do that really got him to be that famous? Oh, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Oh, Batman. Fuck. Batman. Was Batman wasn't uh, it? That was a shit red line, fucking. Right? Oh. Uh, no, he just has like he's just uh, a little bit in that movie. The oceans, I mean, movies? Robin. I mean, yeah, the oceans yeah. movies. Oh, brother, what's that? Oh, brother. Yeah, I mean, this guy. Perfect. Yeah, he's got hit after hit. I mean, guys, let's remember. I only watch exclusively trash cinema. So, do you but think I know these films that it's also, were nominated for Academy Awards? Of course, it's also Fantastic though Mr. like Fox. he was also just a sex symbol. Like he that, was a sex symbol. It, I did have it was enough haircut. to make him famous too. Just being high. I had the Clooney haircut as a kid. Now I just have a shit show on top of my noggin. Inside the party, Bison and Saget get into it over money or something, and the two groups have a standoff. Unfortunately, Ryu and Ken stumble directly into the fight. Luckily, though, Chun-Li decides to set off a bomb in an attempt to kill Saget and Bison, which ultimately saves everyone's life. 
and doesn't kill a single fucking person. And to be completely honest with you, it is the saddest bomb since Doll Man. Look, this scene does produce one of the, my favorite lines of the film, though. Please tell me. Which is, because Chun-Li is a news reporter, the way that she is like showing them that she's about to blow them all up, there's like a little TV monitor in the yeah. tent that they she like so lures them to and right so they're it's like uh streaming their like fake news broadcast into this little tv and zangief who we're going to start getting just line after line from soon oh, yells, yeah. he's, he's change the channel change the channel if you change best the channel you're not going to be hit by the truck full of bombs i love come on come on I, I love that like that's their whole thing is like they're going to try to distract him with a TV monitor and then send a truck barreling in that's going to blow up. But the truck doesn't make it to the tent. It just blows up like 400 feet away from everything. And and it's just it's just real fucking sad. Yeah, that, the FX lead that was planting that bomb was fired. I think. Yeah, because of that weak ass bomb, Chun-Li and her boys get kidnapped by Bison. Ryu and Ken are safe, though, and that's. All we really want, you know, to see some beefy boys make it out alive. Sure. Oh boy. Because of the bomb being set off, though, somehow Guile's troops are then able to locate Bison's military compound. There are a lot of jumps in like scientific logic of like God military damn. aspects of this movie. Mm -hmm. Well, like I think a... that's the worst part of the movie is yeah, every scene that's like, here's a bunch of faceless military guys. It's like, we already have like eight nine characters that we're trying to do justice yeah. to we don't need this like weird like you know military for we don't need to dedicate as much time to military as yeah much as we and can like that like stealth boat later there's like all these things that i think like honestly a lot of it feels like they tried and did to make toys like just yeah. more oh. toys to sell oh yeah, these are boy Gios. do we have some trivia later yeah great we then cut to a torture chamber and honda and balrog are being tortured but only after insulting a Scotsman are they able to break out. Been there. And as, as a part Scotsman myself, been there. Totally justified. This guy's a fucking prick. Well, you should just shove a potato in his mouth and kick his ass to the curb. I also love Irishman, I think. <laughs> it is. I also love Honda when he's getting tortured. He's just like picking that stuff in his teeth. Like he's so oh, unfazed yeah. by this. Just what a what an awesome guy. What oh, an yeah. awesome guy. And right. then it's like there's like this moment, this really touching moment where the Scotsman obviously he gets tired. He keeps breaking these bamboo shoots on Honda's back. And then Balrog looks down after he leaves the room and he's like, his back is just covered in blood. It's like he it's like they ripped the line from the Weird Al Yankovic song about being caned directly out sure and he looks at him and he's like how do you endure it he's like hey brother because i'm a i'm a sumo guy my body's in one place but my mind's in another it's a pretty good e honda impression honestly. thanks man thanks i really worked really hard just yeah, on this episode to get that and not be offensive as fuck as i was just probably offensive as fuck no I, I don't i wouldn't like say it. so i, I don't, don't think so, so. I'm way less offensive to Hawaiian people than fucking Ezra Miller is, and I am dying Ooh, on that hill. Sure. Get him. Drag his ass. Dr dragging their ass. <laughs> when we see, then we see Ryu and Ken, and they're getting some dope geese that at this point actually match their video game counterparts. And, and honestly, this is kind of dope. Like they do have like the, the symbol for bison on it, but I do appreciate because this is the first point in the film 
that we actually see any of the characters wearing their in-game counterpart outfits. Uh, um, I mean, and Bison does. Well, other than Bison. Oh, yeah, I guess that's fair. But, like, this is the first time we see a character that's not the villain. Like, yeah, the, yeah. like you know, the rest of the cast is now starting to starting get, to get there. Look. Yeah. yeah. Which, I, like, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely think that's... It's, like, a really cool... It's, like, a... I'll give it credit. Like, they're definitely transitioning into, like it feels now like we're starting to actually get into a video game movie mm-hmm. whereas up until this point it does not feel like it's doing any justice whatsoever to street fighter it's just a weird ass vehicle for jcvd to snort a fuck ton of cocaine and lose his shit on screen which now i I, is do, I don't think that uh they look particularly good no like they're not but, about like they're not like tailored very well and like mm-hmm. they have like they're like ripped in the in the the OG, you know, but it, yeah. but it's definitely more fun for sure. Sure, yeah. I will say that like with Mortal Kombat, I appreciate Mortal Kombat more for when they did like the authentic video game outfits That's, with like Scorpion I, I, and yeah. and uh, Sub Zero, like. That I think is more authentic than what they did here, but and that's a at least there's an attempt in the games. They already look you know kind of screen ready, whereas these are, are yeah. like anime characters, whereas those yeah. are like true, true, you know. So it's a little it's a little different because there's less like uh, like return to normalcy that you have to do. I think, but <laughs> that's fair. But I mean, I'm excited when yeah, I like movies that look like this. So yeah. we cut to Guile and he's rallying his troops. And some suit shows up and tells him to call off the assault because the AN is going to negotiate with Bison. He then tells Guile he's relieved of his duties. Guile then addresses his troops in one of the greatest, most patriotic speeches since probably the Gettysburg Address or the Kofefi incident. Oh, how dare you? How dare you even compare that to this moment? How dare you? I thought you were a patriot. Me? Me? A patriot? Do I look like Mark Wahlberg? You son of a bitch. Do I look like John Cena? I'm a fucking uh, kind of beard that no, just watches you. shitty movies, okay? I, I could see you being like John Cena's cousin from the hills. I'm probably the same size as John Cena's penis, okay? That's we all know that dude is fucking packing some heat, boy. I imagine it looks like him. You know, like you think he's got, his penis has a flat top, but it's not like his pubes. It's on his head. It's just he's a got flat top. shorts on it. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast because what was so funny to me was what your face looked like when you said that. Like you just kind of looked up, like you were totally envisioning it. Like envisioning I was, it. yeah, for sure. I Good. Was. That was that was a moment. Good, uh, fucking unhinged. <laughs> Giles' obvious court martialing offense gets his troops all in the tizzy, and he climbs into a fighter jet boat and takes off towards Bison's compound with about 300 so- soldiers in tow. Some trivia, the final amphibious uh, amphibious attack, oh, sure, I get it. The final amphibious attack on M. Bison's compound, filmed on location in Thailand, was originally supposed to be an air assault. The Thai government wouldn't allow the use of its airspace for a, the large number of aircrafts the scene would require, so the producers changed the final battle to a boat assault instead. To which I say, maybe you just don't have it be an assault. Of the military yeah. variety, maybe you just have like some fighting. Keep it small. Look, man, there's so, not the in most the military does in Street Fighter is stand around like lazing about while Guile is fighting. You know, I mean, that's on the fair, tarmac. Man. I will that's say some, that's that, another thing that I do wish they they made more of an effort to do is like show us the loca- the iconic locations. Yeah, like, you know, I feel like you kind of so, lost that. Good point. I, I have Bison's I control did room, read. But. So I did read, and and obviously the sources 
are kind of murky on this, so I, I can't put 100% validity behind it. But I did read that the whole reason the boat looks like a fighter jet is because they actually had built a fighter jet to show him like getting into it. And that like who's that was going to be his thing. And so because they couldn't do an air assault, they just put the already built top onto a boat and just went with it. Wow. Which is like honestly kind of fucking fantastic. And I want to see more movies be fun like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We cut back to the compound. Chun Lee has a private meeting with Bison and she tells him about her family. Makes fun of Bison's small penis. Bison, on the other hand, doesn't give a shit because, one, he's a warlord, two, he likes Chun Li's new hairstyle, and three, the length of his penis isn't important as long as you know how to use it. Or at least that's what I tell myself to sleep well at night. Cayman, the authorities are outside your door right now. They're here to to take you in. Wait, that's what that white van is? Yeah, that's exactly what that white van is. Also, this, this moment provides the film's best line. Oh my God, yes. When Bison says, for you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day in your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. And the best part about that line, that when you hear someone quote it, uh, a lot of times they'll be like menacing. But he's like, I don't know, man, it was, it was fucking Tuesday. Like, <laughs> it was, I, I don't remember. I ransack a lot of villages. Yeah. And I think it's that that's something. Like, incredible that's that, like, line. Yeah. It's great backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, some trivia uh, for the role of Bison. Raul Julia researched various dictators and crime lords and their lives and personalities and mimicked many of their traits to incorporate into the M. Bison character. Notably, Benito Mussolini's hand gestures, Joseph Stalin's mannerisms, Pablo Escobar and his elusiveness and Adolf Hitler's love of art. Julia also approached the role with a Shakespearean tone, looking at Bison in the same type of villain as Richard III, which is interesting. And also the, the point about uh, art there's that really goofy, like, bison as a clown painting. Oh, no, yes. that is a John Wayne Gacy replica Whoa. of bison. Whoa. Yes. Oh, I didn't, I yes. Didn't that. That's awesome. Yeah, I was sitting, I actually paused the movie at that point. I was like, that is a Gacy clown. That's the Gacy, like, self-portrait. Like, he's, Gacy did a self-portrait in prison of himself, like, done up in his clown costume. That is a, like, almost full replica, just... They changed it slightly to look a little bit more like Creepy. M. Bison, which is there's okay. There's so much like interesting shit in the backgrounds of this movie. Yeah. And little things like that, it just sucks because the movie is very bad. Um, and very, I mean, there's a lot of fun, but it's like, at a certain point, you're kind of like, where did everything go wrong? Is it just because it's a video game adaptation? Is it because fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme was on so much cocaine that it should have killed him? I mean, or... I think Jean-Claude Van Damme is, is definitely a big problem with this movie. That like, but Capcom um, just wanted him so bad yeah. that they were like, we'll just warp the whole thing around, around Jean-Claude Van Damme. So instead of, you know, this could have been a cool Street Fighter movie, but it ends up being like just a bad John claude Van Damme movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it was, yeah, this, like all of these, because most of the characters have a reason by the end of the movie to hate Bison and to want to exact revenge on Bison yeah. in some way, shape or form. So if that was like the actual premise of the movie, as opposed to this is just some weird vendetta that Guile has with him because of his friend, Charlie, who is Blanca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
well, we it's go also to the weird because like so bison is definitely the bad uh, a the bad guy but sagat is very much like the like sagat's the one who like killed ryu's father right like and a lot of the first a lot of the street fighter narrative at the beginning is street ryu is tracking down sagat to fight and kill him oh wow yeah i didn't remember that or it's his master i, I think not his dad but either well, way that's where he got the the scar on his chest is from oh. speaking of ryu we cut back to the torture chamber, which is now missing Ihonda and Balrog. But Ryu and Ken are making their way to save them. In the process, they beat the shit out of the Scotsman. Then Ihonda and Balrog jump out and beat the shit out of them. This is when the fighting really starts. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Oh, this yeah. Is, this, this is, is when this we is start a Street Fighter movie. Yeah. Yeah. This is what, yeah, this is the Street Fighter movie. It was like right before this moment where I wrote down in my notes as I was watching it, I was like, how am I this far in? And there's been like half no of fighting. a fight. There's yeah. been like half yeah. of a fight. That gets stopped. Yeah. Like, right. Right. Yeah. That is stopped because Jean Claude Van Damme murders half of the audience. The and then the boys, rest of the movie is just fighting. The four boys team up and they run into Assist Chun Li, who's now fighting Bison. But he's a wily wabbit and gasses them while hidden away. And I have to say, Stu thinks of everything. That is a contingency plan if I've ever seen one. Back at the laboratory, we see Charlie, now green, with bright orange hair. And he's a goddamn tank. Think the Incredible Hulk meets David Bowie. Mm. I mean, it's a good, you know, he definitely looks like, you know, he could fuck some shit up. (laughs) The scientist who was working... On Charlie, he sneaks in and he changes up the TV program that's warping Charlie's mind. And so instead of Charlie watching The Faces of Death, volume one through five, he's now watching videos of dolphins and SpongeBob or some shit. You know, kids laughing, weddings, you know, really textbook happy stuff. Yeah. What's this character's name again, Evan? The the um, guy with the ring around his neck? Guy with the ring around his neck. The, 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 it, the doctor. It, it, he... The guy oh, who like that, his arms uh, like extend and shit fuck. in the game. Oh, Dalsim. 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 That's right. Dalsim. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which it's weird how they utilize him. Like, there's definitely like, and I'll jump ahead of myself, but they definitely kind of set him up later in like this really one off scene that I honestly missed the first time um, to kind of be that character. It's, yeah. It's fine. We're, also, it's fine. I uh, I just wanted to make a quick amendment. Actually, sure. in the original one, uh, it's Dan. Dan is the character I was thinking of. Akuma is the character that Ryu. Uh, Fights mm, okay. okay. Um, but Do you Bison think that they would have brought what? Akuma in if there was a sequel? I feel uh, like they were missing Akuma, but also there were so I, many underutilized characters. I don't, I don't know because it it's not really a Ryu story. And also, Fair. Akuma wasn't as a character wasn't really around as much. The main uh, Bison does want like Ryu's body and stuff, and you know it's just uh, and and uh, Ryu is the one who finally takes down Bison. Mm. Why so, does Akuma the, look like Ganondorf? He is a very uh, Ganondorf boy. That because he's just evil. Mm, sure. I, it's a great question. I don't know. Evil guys. Well, I, I didn't remember Akuma by name, so I googled him. I was like, "That's oh, Ganondorf. oh yeah." He's like, he's like the bad, the bad guy, the Got bad it. dude, bad man. Bad. Man. Well, I hate to admit it, guys, because Guile and the forces are approaching the military compound, and they shoot down the radars for the base, and it's at this point. We're only halfway through this fucking movie. <laughs> and 51 minutes into the podcast. That's fucking God crazy. damn. All right. There, this was actually, this was right around the moment when I texted you last night came and I was like, 
I can't believe that there's like an hour left of this. Oh yeah. As yeah. fun as much fun as I'm having, I'm ready for this movie to be over. At this it point. definitely yeah. overstates its welcome. Yeah. Oh my god, so long in the tooth, yeah. Yeah. Um uh the movie it, this is actually something I meant to bring up earlier that I forgot and it's trivia now. How about that? Look at the way the world works. The movie is based on the 1993 video game Super Street Fighter 2, which is so odd to me that it's specifically based on the sequel. Because Street Fighter 2 is way more interesting than Street Fighter 1. Street yeah. Fighter 1 is, is like essentially a beta for Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 1, fine. Street Fighter 2 is the one that kind of like, oh, whoa, this is cra- This is the game. You so know? it's just like a lot of the characters in this movie aren't in the first Street Fighter? Is that one? No, not at all. Not at all. So that's so I guess what I mean is if there's not if it's not telling the story of Street Fighter, it's just weird to me that it's based on Street Fighter 2. So what's weird is Street Fighter 2 has and all the Street Fighter games kind of have this where they'll have different additions. And with the additions, when they add new characters, uh, that's the story will kind of advance through. that. Oh, so like there's characters okay. in Street Fighter 2, like hyper remix whatever that aren't in street fighter 2 just like street fighter 2 so okay how many evan just off the top of your head do you know how many street fighter 2 editions there are there has to be like 10 i want to say six well okay if we're not including like street fighter 2 for the switch you know like we're just including like street fighter street fighter tournament street fighter arcade edition street fighter hyper remix i think there's four uh Only google says six your your six initial thought them? was correct apparently six of them interesting um but in oh, the movie it, it contains every single character from the mo- from the game except fei long which i was disappointed by because i always thought fei long was really cool uh and the reason i thought he was cool is also the reason many people speculated that he wasn't included which is he basically just looks exactly like bruce lee it's also the reason he's not really in games anymore makes mm. sense makes yeah. sense. interesting um, also, Fei Long was not in the original Street Fighter 2. Both Cammy and Fei Long are not in Street Fighter 2. Oh, are they in like the HD remix or whatever? Whatever, whatever Street Fighter. The new, the new Challengers, huh. I think. Mm. Uh-huh. How about that? Or, yeah, whatever it is. But nice. not in the original. Four new characters T Hawk, Cammy, Fei Long, and DJ. DJ. Oh, I forgot. I forgot T Hawk. Well, like with the discovery that the radars are down, Bison alerts his crew and turns the base into attack mode. Starts opening fire on Guile. After a elongated scene of Guile dodging water mines, his ship blows up, killing Guile for the second time. We cut back to the laboratory. One of the guards fights the scientist, but in the process, it unleashes Charlie. But it's not Charlie anymore. It's motherfucking Blanca, that Lou Ferrigno-looking freak. Outside of the compound, some soldiers are laughing at an elephant, but their lifespans are cut short when, guess what? Guile pops back up and breaks their fucking necks. Iron Sheik style. Correct. Yeah, I. as I was watching this movie, I... It, it I didn't comprehend just how many fake outs there are of Guile's death. Quite a bit there, because there's there's more to come. Yeah, yeah, three there's I think five total. Five, five total death death cuts. V there's a V Street Fighter V, v. Yeah, v. V. Street Fighter V death V Turbo five Turbo yeah. total. Guile has now infiltrated the compound and sees the laboratory where Blanca has just broken out. Blanca attacks Guile, but Guile can somehow tell this monstrosity is still Charlie. And the two becomes friends once again. Then Guile attempts to blow his brains out. But the scientist stops him. Good God, boys. This is a fucking roller coaster. When I was watching this last night, I was like, I really didn't remember Guile about to execute Blanca with a gun. 
Oh, like, yeah, this got really dark really fast. And yeah. Then the doctor comes in and is like, no, no, no. Oh, we don't <laughs> do that. Uh, Stephen E. D'Souza cited war films, the James Bond spy films and the Star Wars series, sci-fi series as influences on this film. I wouldn't necessarily say any of those came through, except I guess maybe some war films. I can kind yeah. of feel those things. But again, the, like making a James Bond movie is like that's a lone wolf movie. You have a cast of like nine characters that you want to feature yeah. prominently for your fans. Right. Mm, yeah. Maybe not. Well, maybe not one of your influence, a dog. Maybe look at this, more like the breakfast club. Hmm? Yes. Or the 72 hour timeline. <laughs> the 72 or hour timeline to deposit the funds in a Bison Swiss bank account has run out and he goes to take out the hostages. His goal is to set Blanca off on the hostages, but instead of seeing Blanca coming out of the pit, it's motherfucking guile, baby. And another moment of like the, the editing here for the, it being the stunt double, which is odd because I feel like Jean-Claude is usually one of these guys that does like the majority of his stunts. But it is a guy that looks nothing like him with bleach blonde hair flying through the air in Guile's kick that he normally does. It makes you wonder if like the whole reason that that is the way it is is because jcvd was so coked out at the time they're like <laughs> man we got to keep we got to keep the show rolling and we can't wait on his drugged out ass to show up to set with a bottle of jameson in his hand could have been yeah guy leaps out of the pit kicks bison straight in the chest he's a one-man wrecking machine as he proceeds to murder at least 150 of bison's goons with nothing but his fists his feet and a never-ending clip from his pistol and I want to just point out briefly that when he jumps out of the pit, he jumps up 20 feet straight up in the air and then somehow then projects himself another 50 feet straight forward, which is breaking the law of physics, guys. They explain it. No, they didn't. This is we're talking about. Uh, no. Wait, what are, what are we talking about? Are you lost? I are you lost right now, Patrick? Are we not talking about Bison's floating thing? Did I miss Nope, absolutely not. We're not there yet. With all the good guys from the video game now teamed up, we get some primo ass kicking going on. With the AN troops all arriving, Blanca not being a bloodthirsty psycho monster, and with Ryu and Ken karate kicking people's faces through their assholes, all seems lost for Bison. Relying on Guile's overconfidence, Bison challenges him to hand-to-hand combat. Finally. God, the, the two of them duke it out on a flotation device until taking their fights to the streets. No, nah, just kidding. There's no actual street fighting in this. They're still inside the base. I just thought I'd throw in a fun little joke there. Cheer. Some Cheer. Uh, some trivia. The MPAA gave the first submitted cut of the film an R classification, Evan. I had no idea, which was unacceptably high for Capcom, who had stated from the start that it should be a PG-13 film. After various cuts were made, a G rating was given, according to director D'Souza, which he called the, quote, kiss of death, as no teenager wants to see a G-rated movie. They bumped it up to PG-13 by having Jod Klon Van Damme add an expletive in post-production. I think that there's definitely something to be said for for that, for making it more, uh, you know, especially in the 80s, like you need a you, this is an edgy PG-13 movie. Um, but at the same time, I don't really think it feels like either, you know, like yeah. uh, I, I think maybe you would have had more of an audience if it was just like PG. 
but like i mean there's that there's the scene earlier on when he gets shot in the stomach a couple times and i'm like that's actually kind of bloody for a pg-13 film at the time um you wouldn't have seen that it wouldn't be until probably the early 2000s that you and even probably even a little bit later that you would see that kind of blood in a movie like this mm-hmm. um and so that when i saw that i was like holy shit like that's actually kind of crazy that they included that which makes me kind of believe that if the film was originally R-rated, that there was a lot more blood and that <clears throat> this was probably something closer to like Commando in terms of its violence. But here we are with a movie that seems neutered in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Guy Roundhouse kicks Bison into a control panel, which electrocutes him to death. Just kidding. He too is invincible, just like Guile. And comes back to life, but this time with the powers of Thor. <laughs> yep. yep. Why, why not? That's what happens. Yep. Why not? Yep. 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 We got to Ken, who's trying to steal some gold before he leaves. He sees Ryu getting attacked by Vega and Sagan on a TV monitor that just so happens to be in the room, focused on the exact room that his buddy's in. Not wanting to be left out, Ken tracks them down with their combined might, are able to crack their skulls in half. Well, at least Vega's. Vega definitely dies. Vega definitely 100% does not make it out of this movie alive. Yeah, no way. Yeah. Back with Guile and Bison, Bison uses his new powers to blister JCVD's ass, just flying around like a drunk Superman and shooting laser beams out of his dick. Too bad Bison. (laughs) Which, you know, I've not played the games a ton, Evan. Yeah. Does Bison fly in these games? Is he's this a Bison his, game? Yeah. So he's got. He doesn't like fly like Superman. I get, no. He kind of floats. He so he's got his psychic powers and like his like at this uh, point okay. I think the most flying he could do is his like Psycho Crusher, which he does in the movie. But it's where he like, you know, does like a he just like flies forward essentially. Okay. But got not it. like Superman flies. Got it. I, I don't think at this point he was. Huh. Yeah. I was like well, I didn't remember that from the games, but yeah, that'd be why. I'm not the actor. Too bad for but Bison. The, yeah, the entire game he, is framed, you know, with yeah. like mostly the height of sure. just like a guy. Sure. Well, too bad for Bison. He gets a little too cocky himself, and guy is able to triple roundhouse kick his face into mush, sending him flying through his big ass TV monitors as well as his death. Allegedly, happens. After a big explosion, everyone escapes the compound with literally every character from the Street Fighter Two game, including Zangief. Also, let's talk about Zangief's like, chest hair, because at this point, Zangief's chest hair is out. And I know that in the games, he has that was it like a lightning bolt or is it a, a diamond? It, it's just like a radical like it's chest hair. Fun. Yeah. This chest hair is like a foot and a half long. Just like so fluff, like flow. It's like he's got more hair on his chest than I have on my head. Yeah. But that's not saying that I'm going bald, which I probably am because I'm 31. And this is around the time that every darty goes bald. But, uh, you but, know, I'm sorry. Zang, I'm sorry. Zang gives a real man. I also <laughs> love is. I also he's love bald. he's kind of bald. I mean, he's got the mohawk going. I also yeah. I kind of love uh, the line. Like there's been a lot of Zangief that we've just naturally had to, to gloss over. Yeah. But, uh, the one that gets me is that it's so beautiful. Yeah. But in this moment when uh, he's talking to DJ and uh DJ's like, yeah, we're the bad guys. And Zangief like is so 
dumbfounded <laughs> so by this information. Like he yeah, really blown away. He did not realize that in this situation they were the bad guys. It's and so DJ's good. like, I only but, did this because he paid me a shit ton of money. And he's just like, he's like Zangief, a child, and his mind is just Zangief's like, hold on, you were paid for this. <laughs> also, yeah, that's a good one too. Like, yeah, just you fucking incredible. And at this point, Zangief, who I, I assume is a villain in the games, yeah, becomes a uh, hero. I mean, he's not like he's a good guy. He, he turns into a from, good guy. From my memory in the games, he's never positioned as one of the good guys. He he's seems also, like he doesn't. For, I mean, I, he's not a bad guy though. He's just like a guy. You know, maybe it's just propaganda sure. because he's Russian. Yeah, I mean, he is like, and, that, and yeah, in my brain, why. that means he's bad. Well, as a child in the 90s, you know, can I tell you guys something, something crazy? The compound blows up. It happens. This is uh, some wild trivia, actually. So the temple uh, was an exterior that was set, uh, set that was built by the art department. And for safety, the explosion of the temple was supposed to blow up only 25 percent of the building since JCVD, Kylie Minogue and a few other actors were standing just next to it. However, the effect got out of hand and the entire set caught on fire destroying $240,000 worth of scaffolding. Needless what? to say, because of that, the shot stayed in the film because they wow. just burned a quarter of a billion dollars or a quarter of a million what dollars I, on it. What I want to say is, is literally they, the amount of money that they lost in that one scene could have filmed three, three, count them, three Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Which, uh, do we need three Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers? I yeah, don't think I we do, think actually. We do. I don't think we do. No, you fucking liar. We 100% need every bit of Linnea Quigley in the early 90s that we could fucking get. Why wasn't she Cammy then? Because they got fucking caught in the know. Because they spent I... $9 million on John claude Van Damme, and this movie did not have yeah. that big of a budget. Sure. No, it did, and we'll get to that. Outside of the now-exploded compound, everyone is looking sad because Guile died in the explosion. <laughs> Unfortunately, the third time isn't the charm, and he shows up again, alive. That fucking piece of shit is alive again. This whole movie, everything in this movie is like 100% his fault. Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah. Other than, you know, Bison being an evil warlord. Well, sure, but, but this is just, just go with me here, guys. Sure, 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 sure. 100% his fault. And he survives three fucking times. <sighs> Chun Li then tries to fuck Guile, and then everyone does a big pose. Which I love this moment, like the the freeze frame, which is basically just it's like a ripoff from the video game. The, yeah, that the freeze frame. Yeah, That's the kind really of stuff cool. That I want. Yeah, a lot. Of I mean, it. you know what I mean. Normally, this is where I yell "roll credits," but actually, in credit stinger, we cut to a room full of rubble. We see Bison's pod thingy. A computer comes on. Bam. Bison's arm bursts through the debris. We then see a computer screen with an AI voice asking General Bison what he wants to do. Then the screen changes and a mouse clicks on the button. World, World domination. domination. It's so good. It's that, so good. I think that's great. Also brought a little tear to my eye that so we didn't dumb. get to see Raul break, you know, do some world domination. I would have let him dominate the world. I would have yeah. let him dominate something. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, so we yeah. roll credits. Yeah. We roll credits. How about then we finally 
scroll credits. Yeah, let's bring it home with some trivia. So uh, JCVD revealed later that during filming, he had a drug problem doing roughly $10,000 worth of cocaine a week. I don't know enough about cocaine to know how much that is. Like That should should kill a man. Uh, Apparently, literally kill a man. Well, he's not a man. He's a god. Uh, and apparently he also had a, an affair with Kylie Minogue, uh, allegedly, man, according to this trivia. Director D'Souza confirmed in 2018 that Van Damme's cocaine addiction caused constant disruptions during filming. The studio had hired a wrangler to keep an eye on Van Damme, but this person ha- was a bad influence on himself. Uh, or was a bad, bad influence himself. The action star would often call in sick, leave the set, show up late, or not at all forcing D'Souza to find other scenes to film in order to make up for lost time, which like, that's not how filming works. Like there are set like, okay, this day we have prepped to do these scenes. So for them to have to like pivot, I'm sure cost a fuck ton of money. Um, apparently D'Souza deferred his salary to, to help pay for the cast salary. Since we've mentioned a few times, uh, John Clive Van Damme's uh, salary being so high. He was paid because- like most of the budget, like a, a- third of this movie's budget if i'm not mistaken yeah so we'll we'll cover it just now capcom okay. was co-financier of the film so every aspect of production required their approval among other things they mandated a december 1994 release date which required the cast and crew to maintain an aggressive filming schedule capcom had long envisioned jacques Clap van damme as guile and asked him to be cast van damme's fee took nearly eight million of the film's 35 million dollar budget i have After to wonder our- if that was like an american cap like capcom you know, West. Mm, sure. We love John Clive Van Damme. Or was it, you know, uh, the the Japanese branch of Capcom saying, "Well, we like John Clive Van Damme, and we're, we don't really realize that his accent is not." You know what sure. I mean? Oh, that, that's actually that could be a really good reason as to why. Yeah, that's a really good um, point. I don't know. Yeah, no, that 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 tracks because I mean, at the time, this is peak John Clive. Like, this is at this point, he is entering into the most successful part of his career. Like, it's kind of the peak of that. So, I I bet. If I were a betting man, which I am, I would say that I love to bet. I would bet that it was the Japanese thing you just mentioned. I might might be. I don't know. Yeah, no, it definitely it's a pure guess. But um, but yeah, so eight million of the thirty five million dollar budget was Jean-Claude. And then after Raul uh, was cast as Bison, most of the casting budget had been spent. The majority of other parts had to go to little known or unknown actors who a lot of them would go on to become very successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this is a fun one too. Uh, we can kind of breeze through this throughout the movie. Several characters do their signature moves from the games. We see Ryu's Hadouken toward the end. We see Vega do his rolling stab. We see Ken do his spinning uppercut at one point. Uh, e Honda appears to do his hundred hand slap against Zangief. Guile does the flash kicks. Uh, we mentioned earlier Bison does the psycho crusher and then Cammy also does her thrust kick. So there's a lot of fun like nods mm-hmm. throughout the movie to Again, all the not moves. quite far enough for me as far sure. as like this is the move. You yeah. Know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's fair. But well, guys, with trivia out of the way, we now get on to our final thoughts. And at this point in the episode, we ask the question, do we save it or do we can it? As always, I will start with you, Patrick. Give me your final thoughts. Save it or can it? I think this is, I definitely want to save this film. I think even though it has its problems, what trash cinema film doesn't have its problems. That is true. uh, I think overall, like specifically for people who love the video game or played the video game as a kid, the JCVD fans out there, the Kylie Minogue fans out there. Sure. The Ming-Na Wen fans out there. Like there's, 
depending on like your fandom, I think there is something in this movie. But again, that being said, if you don't care about any of those things, you're probably not going to like this movie. So it's like it's a borderline for me. Sure. Um, but I just I feel like even though they could have nailed a lot about the video game a lot better than they did, I still think when you compare it to other video game adaptations, there is more love put into this movie than I think the average video game adaptation. I mean, I would say there's more like nuance and homage to the source material in this than Uncharted. Oh, yeah, 100%. And so like, even though I was more on the positive side of Uncharted, like from that perspective, I think... So for those reasons, I, I would definitely say this is a save for me. Okay. Save it for Patrick. Evan? Uh, this is for sure, for sure a save. So for me, I'm thinking like much... I think the Uncharted point hits it on the head um, because like movies like this are very precious to me because like they don't tend to make a lot of these like fun technicolor like romps anymore, even if they're not particularly great, you know, like there is a lot of like Patrick said, a lot of love for like the series in here, a lot of like bits and stuff that like when you examine it, Oh, it's like, yeah, we put in the time and the work to make something good. Even if it didn't end up this way, you know, the sets are fun. The costumes are great. The performances are 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 fine. Um, I would, like I said, I would 100% rather watch this over Uncharted. I think that, like, I don't know. You know, it's just, uh, it's a kind of movie that doesn't get made anymore. And yeah, I, sure. I think that's why. Uh, I mean, just budget-wise alone, right? Like, when's the next time we think we're going to see a big, like, genre adaptation that isn't mostly green screen and CG? You know, that's true. Probably never. Probably never. Oh, right? yeah. Probably never. So, uh, even if it's not particularly good, I think those aspects do mean a lot to me. Um, and even if it is closer to what a like Six Flags Street Fighter stunt show would be like, <laughs> I still had have a, a lot of fondness for this movie. So save it. We're saving it. We're saving it, baby. Kamen, what about We're you? Saving. Okay. This is really tough for me. On one hand. I say save it because of everything that you guys said. We don't see movies like this anymore. And I say this all the time when we talk about trash cinema and we get to the end, like you won't see a movie like this. That's practical effects. That's, you know, that's got a big budget that does what this did. However, the movie is way too fucking long. You could have cut easily 20 to 30 minutes of this movie and it been better. Yeah, more entertaining because the first I would say arguably the first half of the movie is just kind of boring. Um, It's not very action packed. It's not a Street Fighter movie. It's not until the halfway point that it becomes a Street Fighter movie. I also lean towards canon because at the same time this movie was released, we got the Street Fighter 2 animated film, which I personally think is a better Street Fighter movie. It is for sure. It's no, more no, entertaining. No yeah. doubt about it. It's that is it, a good. Yeah, fun. it's a great animated a, film, and it's like beautiful animation. It tells more of the story that we don't see, and it's way, way, way less um, designed around Jean Claude Van Damme trying to be this character that Evan aptly pointed out is not a really a massive part of the story. He's not not like his like he's got his stuff going on. But if you're making a sure. Street movie, Ryu is the protagonist. And, yes, maybe and the, if you really want the American. Angle. Yeah, and the animated film is Fuck a God. Ryu film and is a better movie. Yeah, 
And so I'm torn here because on one hand, I'm like, yeah, there's some really funny shit in this film and there's some very entertaining point parts in it. So I'm going to kind of do something we've never done before and I'm going to ride the middle line mm. and it's abstain. my show. I can do that. I'm going to abstain because I think that this movie is, if you're a trash cinema fan or a person who just really loves bad cinema, like funny, bad cinema, you will find enjoyment here. However, if you don't like street fighter, if you just really, if you just don't like street fighter or if you don't like video game adaptations, you will probably be bored during at least the first half of the movie. And so I feel tough on this. And I feel like, honestly, at this point, it's kind of, I could go either way, depending on my mood. Now Mm. I will say that this movie felt more laborious to, to put together, to do this episode than any film we've done so far. And that could very well be, it could just be that I was not in a great mood or great mindset when I watched it. I enjoy this movie as a movie that I watch with friends. Yeah. I um, think this is a great movie to get, get a pizza and some beers yeah. or some, some root beers or whatever. I and, and, 100% uh, believe like some of the other films, I th- like Hollywood chainsaw hookers, evil tunes. I feel like I say like, you know, it's better with friends. All of these movies are always going to be better with friends. This one is very much for me. You need to watch with friends. Yeah, uh, because that added commentary from a group setting is going to elevate this movie's enjoyment to a higher level than if you watched it by yourself. And like, there's also just like the, some of those little nods. Like, there's one toward the end of the movie when Zangief and Honda are fighting, and Honda's like, "Sorry, can't play no more," and he runs away. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it, it brings the it, it references that nostalgia of like us being kids playing Street yeah. Fighter together. Like, you get, you get a lot of that too. I think the the version of this movie that like. Uh, successfully executes that is the new Mortal Kombat movie. I don't know if you guys have seen that, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot of stuff like that. You know, like there's a, a bit where the guy keeps doing the same move over and over and he keeps, yeah. he calls it cheap and it's like that kind of thing. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, that's this sort of like meta, you know, uh, dialogue. Yeah. Is, is fun. So for me at the end, I'm going to ride that fine line. And I'm going to say, if you're a fan of nostalgic movies, if you watch this movie as a kid, you'll probably still enjoy it because you'll find that if you're a fan of street fighter, you're going to enjoy it. If you're not, I don't think you will. So I'm going to go in the middle and I'm going to go meh. I'm going to meh, meh. It. Okay. okay. Hey, you I make the rules like that as I do, but uh, you know what else I do? I do the outro. There we if go. you've enjoyed this show, please rate review and share the hell out of it. Your friends and loved ones worst of enemies honestly word of mouth is key here we aren't beggars also fuck keith if you're interested in video games check out our sister podcast the spotlight games podcast on all of your favorite streaming services we also have a youtube channel so don't be a heathen and watch this banter about video games there as well in the meantime you can follow me at kid cayman you can follow patrick at patrick swag you can follow evan at evan brando show baby if you're looking for podcasts uh Oh, am I plugging? Should I plug yeah, now? Go fucking Great. plug it, buddy. Really cool podcast. Check out the Indie Source Podcast Network. There's lots of cool shows. We've got everything from uh, a Twilight podcast to a Show and Tell podcast, um, and uh, we do other fun stuff at the Indie Source uh, thing. We've got a fighting game club. We've got a, uh, a One Piece book club. If you think want you want to get into that mm. series, but it's a little daunting. Uh, we're all reading through it right now. It's real, real fun. Um, uh, I believe the first episode of uh, my movie podcast will be out called Disaster Masters. It's a podcast about uh, movie bombs, films that uh, did not do well commercially, but not necessarily critically, although sometimes critically. 
That's fucking awesome. Guys, check out Evan and all of the work he's doing at the Any Source Podcast Network, as well as all of the stuff he personally does. Check out his radio show oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, if you're local, uh, 99X Fridays at 6 p.m., local music show, the cool local music show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Also, if you want to check out Spotlight Games, you can find us at Spot Games Pod on Twitter and Spotlight Games Podcast on Instagram. We're also doing our first ever Twitch live stream. So check that out as well. We're going to be doing that too. Uh, if you want to be part of our show, whether it be a guest host or have a movie recommendation, you can reach us at savetrashcinema.gmail.com or save trash cinema on all socials. Remember, five big box office, save trash cinema. I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. You don't remember? For you... The day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. <laughs>